Welcome to the Starsology Astrology Podcast. I'm your host, Alison Price, and I'm here with my co-host and good friend, Arwen O'Neill. Hi, Alison. It's great to be here. So nice to have you once more. Now, in this episode, we're going to be talking about midpoint composite charts. Yeah. So this is a technique where you take two different charts from two people and you combine them. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a moment in a special way to show the actual relationship. Yeah. And it creates its own whole new chart. A whole new chart. As if it was a person. Yes. And it's amazing. And um, this is often used, I think, for relationships, you know, boy-girl things. But today we're actually going to be discussing our yeah. Composite chart. Yeah. So a bit about what the composite chart is and what it does and what you use it for. And then using us as an example. Exactly. As, as, yeah. As we love to do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the basic basics for a composite chart is if you've got two charts, what you're going to do is you're going to take person A's sun position and you're going to take person B's sun position and you're going to find the midpoint between the two. Mm-hmm. So if my son is at 10 Leo and your son is at 10 Libra, the midpoint would be 10 Virgo. Right. And in the composite chart, the sun, the composite sun will be at 10 Virgo. Yeah. And that's just me using some rounded numbers. But generally, I mean, my son's at 17, your son's at... Five Virgo. Five. And you get to get your brain engaged and you get the midpoint between the two. So our sun position will be a specific space in the composite chart. Yeah. So that's then the same for the moon as well. When we take our two moon positions... Your moon's in Taurus, my moon's in Scorpio. We happen to have a composite uh, moon in Libra. Yeah. And it's just the midpoint between the two moons. Yeah. So what happens is you're taking all the points that are the same, sun, sun, moon, moon, mercury, mercury, right. finding a new position yeah. as the composite sun, moon, or mercury, and then putting it in the chart. Yeah. So I have two questions. Yes. So first one is, what if you had your sun at, let's say, one degree Pisces, yes. and I had my son at one degree Virgo. Yes. What's the midpoint? Which direction do you go? Well, it's going to you're going down to the minutes at that point. Oh, so you're going to degrees, minutes, and technically seconds. And That's why likely we... it's not zero 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 of both of us. Exactly. So there will be one side that is that you will have midpoints on both sides. Yeah. So you've got your closer midpoint, which is the one we take, yeah. and then of course you've got the opposite midpoint on the other side of the which, chart. Right. That would yeah. Interesting. That'll be the descendant anyway, so it's still important. Exactly. So this can, and if you do have uh, two moons, say, that are opposite each other, there is the potential for either side, but technically you still want the closer midpoint. Right. Right. Now, this brings up interesting situations where you can have the Sun and, say, Mercury on one side of the chart, but for some reason Venus ends up on the other side of the chart. Or the Sun and Mercury opposite, which would never exist in a real person. Exactly. So the way you overcome that is the Sun's position dominates. Mm -hmm. So you then bring that Mercury or that Venus, it only happens with those two, to the other side, to the other midpoint, Mm -hmm. because you want your Mercury and your Venus near the Sun. And in composite charts, it's not always the case. Yeah. So that's it's called the composite uh, chart paradox, when that happens. Interesting. And the other way of getting around that, I suppose, would be, and this was my other question, about Davison charts. Yeah. Which is another method, which we don't have to go into super detail about, but just to mention it, when people talk about like uh, a midpoint in time or a Davison chart, that is, is it Davidson or Davison? Yeah, Davison. Davison. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this is like when you take our birth days and you actually calculate the exact midpoint of that in time, in time and in space. Yes. So you'd find 
you know, someone who was, I guess, born in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean for the two of in us. In our case, right? Because you case. were born in Vancouver. I was born in England. Yeah. So um, our Davison will be in the middle of the Atlantic. Yeah. And it will be at a time between my year of birth and your year of birth yeah. and the month and the exact moment in time. Yeah. The good thing about that, and I'm not sure how this works with regular composite tribes, but the good thing with the Davison ones is that you can uh, progress them. Yes. But you can progress your composites too. Oh, amazing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So there's basically two types of charts here. The one is the midpoint composite where you're taking the midpoint. Yeah. And then there's the Davison, which is an entirely different thing that yeah. he only invented it like in the 70s. Right. Brilliant, brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first came across that, I was blown away because I thought, yeah. this is a clever idea. Right. Just showing you that even modern astrologers can come up with new techniques for astrology. Absolutely. And if you've got something bubbling under as um, in your background, you know, yeah. journals come forward with it because new astrology techniques are coming forward all the time. And that proves it. It does. And if, if you have a long-term relationship or even if you're just like a super, you know, keen astrology student and you want to do every, every little thing like I did when I started yes. learning, Same. I took my partner and I, and I did every combination of possible charts and I did the regular composite and the Davison composite and then some other, you know, synastry and, and, and looking at all those charts next to each other, what's fascinating is the things that are actually the same. Yes. Like, because some things will be. It's certainly the outer right. planets. Everything from, like, probably Mars outward is going to be similar, yeah. you know, unless yeah. you're really different in ages. Yeah. But, I mean, my partner and I are nine degrees or nine years apart, and I was shocked at how much was the same. That's right. When you do it, you know, the two different composite methods. Yeah. Yeah. And what I find is, too, is that when you actually, if you're doing relationship work, and why wouldn't you, that the composite chart often pops up with major aspect patterns yeah. that actually show the relationship. Yeah. So you might think, well, how come Bob and, and you know, Susie are going, uh, what, what is it? And when you do the composite, you see this got this grand triangle, this yeah. dynamic particular connection. Yeah. And in it, that. that's, that's the, the sort of better than the sum of their parts thing, yes. where sometimes you meet a couple and you know, they're both okay, but when they're together, they're just the scintillating, yes. or they're a power couple, uh, the power couple. Like, yeah. that's a great reason to do a composite chart is like, what is it about them when they get together? Or you find people who, you know, maybe they tried to be a couple, but it didn't really work, but they remained friends, and now they're in business together, which I've always, as because of who I am, found completely mystifying, like how I would rather run a relationship into the ground like a kamikaze than, <laughs> than be friends with someone after something, you know, hasn't worked out romantically. But for some people, it's just, oh, that's just the beginning. We, you know, we, we tried the, the sex thing, blah, 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 whatever. It didn't work, you know, yeah. and now we're this power couple and it's yes. like, oh, what is the karma there? Or And this is it. And this goes back to the point that you are attracted to people who technically your joint composite chart has something to say. Yeah. Because out of a group of 10 guys, you're going to pick one, yeah. d- dismiss one, and the other eight are possible maybes. Right. But first off the bat, you're going to, one will step forward as a, as a potential for you. Yeah. Oh, and then you can get really complicated and go, okay, so the composite chart and compare the composite chart to each individual's chart. Yes. And that shows you, like, who benefits more from the relationship sometimes. Yes. And, and sometimes one person can subsume the other's personality or become kind of the boss. And then, you know, maybe the other person is happy with it or not happy with it. And that can be seen in that individual's relationship to the composite chart. That's right. And I'm doing all these gestures with my hands that you That's can't right. see, but it's implied. That's right. <laughs> and also the benefit of working with composite charts over Davison is that you can do groups. 
Yeah. So you can put three or, well, two, three or four, as many people as you like, into a composite chart. Yeah. You take the midpoints of all of their, you calculate all their sun positions, create the average midpoint for that position, and it will generate a chart. Yeah. So if you've got a family where there's mom, dad, and the kid, you can see that that's the family dynamic. Right. And then if granny comes to live, then the whole thing changes. Yeah. And it, it comes up if you've got a, a rock band or a, a music band or yeah. something like that. Or a small want, startup. Or yeah, and you whatever. want to bring in another guitarist, or I don't know what they do. Yeah. Um, you can <laughs> see, well, is this guy going to fit us better, or is that guy going to fit us better? Right. Will we benefit more in our composite with having, you know, Mick Jagger singing for us or somebody else who you've never heard of. And that is what you can do with composite charts. That's why they're very clever. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And then each of the band members could do a little, you know, comparison of to them and the composite chart and see who's going to benefit most from it. Exactly. So find out the bass player is going to like go off on the solo thing and benefit the most about everybody. Exactly. But if you're an astrologer and you're going into business with somebody else, you want to be doing the composite chart because there's going to be hidden things that you don't even see that's coming through there. Mm -hmm. And um, there may be uh, benefits for you that show up in the composite chart. And that's why we, we interpret them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it only occurred to you and I like, last month to think, well, we should look at our composite chart because yeah. it's not something we had looked at previously. And yeah. yeah, I've known you for 10 years, right? It's true. And it's funny because, I mean, I, we did our synastry chart a long time ago when we had our old, old podcast. Yeah. Because I, and I know that because we had our logo that actually was the synastry like bywheel. Really? And it was this beautiful, it created this gorgeous like six-pointed star thing and it was amazing looking. Mm-hmm. And it just, it created look a, a lovely little uh, icon. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, we have not done our composite chart. No, so what we're doing is we're doing it now. I, I will actually put a copy of our composite chart on the blog post that's related to this um, podcast episode, Yeah, and um, which is great because we're not showing our natal charts technically. We're yeah. showing the composite chart, yeah. and um, so we go from there. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay, so Arwen, so we're having a look at our composite chart just for our listeners, just to give you a bit of a clue in. Um, we are ending up with a, an ascendant of 90 degrees Virgo. Yeah. Which is a super sign for the pair of us. We are, I've got three planets in Virgo. You've got three planets in Virgo. Yeah. Here we have this fabulous ascendant in Virgo. Shocking. There Shocking. are There are some planets in Virgo too. We'll get to that. But the point being that with having Virgo as the ascendant, now Mercury is our composite chart ruler. Yes. It, I would have it no other way. <laughs> right? If, and it, if it was some other sign, I'd be like, eh. What? I don't, I, I, know. I don't believe it. I'm a skeptic now. <laughs> and here we are, chatting, uh, yeah. communicating, podcasting, making rules podcasting. Yes. And here we are actually doing this podcast. So technically, the first thing you're going to be looking at within this chart is not only aspects to that ascendant degree, but aspects to the chart ruler. Yeah. Yeah. And if we go straight in there, um, we've got Mercury is at uh, 19 Leo and it is conjoined the sun, which is great. It very frequently is. Yep. And um, but these two are both in Leo. Now, really, with a composite, you you want to pay attention to the um, houses as well. And in this case, fortunately, we've got Mercury in the eleventh house. Yeah, awesome. In Leo. Yeah. And it's our chart ruler. Yeah. And it, we're going out there to. <laughs> yeah, to show our spreading the word. Our faces and our, our words. Our and... tribe is following along. All our listeners, we we see you in our eleventh house, and we're yeah. happy that you're there. We're happy to communicate and chat with you. Absolutely. So the other major aspect to the our chart ruler is actually a square down to Neptune, which is... Well, I mean, I've got my sun and Mercury square Neptune in my natal chart, so that doesn't offend me at all. 
<laughs> me too. Yeah. And here we are. And Neptune rules, as you know, art. Yeah, creativity. And the pair of us are artists as on our second fiddle. We're, I love I love Neptune in the third house. That is great. It's a, it's a beautiful place to be. And, um, and it's conjunct the North Node. Yes. In the third house. Yes. North and North. That's also in my chart, which is... Yes, yes. North, I can't recommend North Node <laughs> in the third house highly enough. Yeah. And it's in Scorpio, so that's amazing. So I'm super happy with that because both you and I do art. Yeah. Um, you do art, I don't want to say on the side. I mean, I do art on the side side. I do. Yeah. Um, but it's more not, it's more central than the side that sometimes. There's definitely um, yeah. art is every day. I'm, I'm tinkering with something. I'm working on making it more central, but it's... Super and you are, you are definitely, particularly with your goddess artwork, yeah. all of your... Um, my my new blog where I'm blogging about the goddesses. Let's talk about that. Arwen has a new blog. MissPink.net. MissPink.net. Miss, M-S-P-I-N-K dot yes. yes. We will put a link below. Yeah. And you need to, uh, we, we, we invite you as our Please. listeners to go and check out the type of art that Arwen is producing. Subscribe. Yes, yeah. um, it's it's a fledgling site at the moment. It's We're fledgling. talking freshly hatched, what, 48 hours ago? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to be posting like about all the different goddesses. Uh, I have a lot of content, and I will be publishing frequently. So if you scroll to the bottom of the homepage, you will see a large subscribe link. Please do subscribe. I would love to um, have you. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. great. And this is the type of art that appeals to you. This, yeah. I want to call it mythical and um, mythical pinup fantasy. Yeah, it's, it's Scorpionic. It really yeah, is. It's the dark goddesses. It's the goddesses of war. The vengeance goddesses. The, yeah, you're doing you know? goddesses, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And but here it is, right in our composite chart. Yeah, Neptune in the third house. Yes, and it's squaring the actual chart ruler, which is critical here that we are able to discuss it and talk about it and yeah. so on. Yeah. On the other side, I do art on, on, on my side-side project um, under Alison Hazel Art. I may put a link below. We'll see. Yeah. That is something entirely different. It's more about sketchbook art in primary colors. Um, you know, there's nothing dark about my side, but it's just uh, it's yeah. a totally different thing. And my exploration as a hobby artist through acrylic and watercolor and whatnot. The point being that we are both not only astrologers, we're artists as well. Yeah, and that is reflected right here in this chart. Fully, yeah. The fact that it's a square, um, I, I might want to say it's an internal dilemma, but yes, I'm, I wake up in the morning and think, should I do astrology, should I do art? And one will pull me. Yeah. Um, I don't call it a challenge. I think it's actually where I expend my energy, and exactly. I think you do too. Yeah, right? definitely. Creating new stuff. and Yeah. And it has of- been a conflict, like, most of my life, because it's not the thing I do to make money. It's the thing I do... As on the side side. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's been this conflict of like, do I push people to my website? Because it's mostly art and ranting and swearing, yes. <laughs> whatever. And, you know, now at the right old whatever age, I've finally been like, okay, whatever. It's me. It's who it's you are. Mine. And it's reflected. And we're happy to support the art that we yeah. both do. And it's Grown-ups have different. seen boobies and they can swear. There you go. They, that is what you'll find on my site. There you go. So it's it's an entirely different art, but it's, it is still art. Yeah. And that's reflected here in this actual aspect from our um, chart ruler. Yeah. Um, the fact that the sun is conjoined the mid, uh, Mercury in the 12th house, I, I ref- I'm seeing this as a reflection of that we are, particularly because we're doing the podcast, that we're doing it privately in our socks, sitting yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, we're not going out in public doing it. We're not, you know, I used to do a lot of lectures in astrology. I'm not really doing yeah, that and anymore. and the YouTube channel. This is Yeah, it's yeah. just more more 
we're doing quietly and it's it's an exclusive uh, I want to say listenership and it definitely is that we have at the moment it's yeah. growing and I'm so thrilled about that yeah. as you are yeah. um, but it, we're quietly yeah I wouldn't call it world domination but yeah we're, we're, we're our message is finding the right ears and I find yes. that's a good thing yeah. the fact that the sun is could join mercury and I think it's great I'm yeah. very happy with that one yeah. yeah all right so the next feature we're going to chat about now in our composite chart is the uh, Pluto Uranus conjunction super tight yes in Virgo yeah. yes in the 12th house yes on the ascendant it's actually in the ascendant Gokulin sector and that is really the roots of where we're coming from yeah it's almost like this world-changing generational aspect but when you put it in into a composite like I'm going to call us a business for now yes okay like why why not it's it's almost like I don't know how would you I'm a little overwhelmed at how cool that is to have that right on me the too. It's right on the ascendant. Yeah, it? I mean, Pluto Uranus, like for the the one place I've seen that before it, that really affected me, you know, was was in Kurt Cobain's chart. This is the third podcast I've mentioned him, by the way. I don't know why, but it, it just keeps coming up. There but he was this generational voice, and he was born in 1967. He was a Pisces, and he had the Pluto and Uranus conjunction right on its ascendant opposite his son in Pisces and it didn't work out well for him as a person but yet we are still 20 30 years later talking about him it's almost 20 years 30 years after his suicide so right. yeah I mean this is this is a generational voice and and it's really kind of cool and striking to see something that I'm attached to that has that same uh, exactly aspect. well I was happy to see that honestly Uranus which is the planet that rules astrology yeah on our ascendant in yeah. your face. There's no question about it. And Uranus is in the 12th house. 12th house. Right on the ascendant. Though. Right on. The, it's, it's, it is, yeah. It's right there in the Gorkulin sector. It's actually rising. It has, it, if you looked at the horizon, it was there. And we are talking astrology. We might digress into this and that, but we're not talking numerology, tarot reading mm-hmm. or palmistry. We're talking astrology. And this is prominent. We're here within our chart. Yeah. Also, with it being uh, the Pluto being closely associated there, we know that that is, was back in the 60s. But in the composite chart, it's bringing deep diving. It's bringing uh, transformation, hopefully, through astrology, yeah. not only for you and I, but for our listeners and our tribe who follow along. Yeah. So I, that's how I want to um, express this. This yeah. is how I see this being expressed. It's not something that we're banging with a drum because yeah. it's still 12th house. Yeah. But the, the the crucial energy of Uranus on the ascendant is quite dynamic for yeah. this actual uh, position. Absolutely. So that's that's uh, very interesting there. Yeah. Um, the next um, conjunction that is uh, kind of interesting is we have the in the first house. Yes, we've got Venus conjoined Saturn. <laughs> now Venus is in Virgo, so that's in fall, and Saturn is in Libra, so that's exalted. So between the two of them, it's they're coming together yeah so we are trying to once more um if we take venus as a representation of women which is what we're talking about it's the women's issues we talk about that quite a bit um we also talk about um art quite a bit as well uh music movies and what have you yes relationships love and all the rest of it and the saturn there is that we're trying to present it in i want to say organized form so that our listeners can follow along with what we're trying to say about this and that will come through this Saturn yeah and even though we have you know humor and irreverence and light-hearted approach and we try to focus on the positive and blah 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 
we obviously take astrology seriously. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, this is something that we 100% have. We've got have years of experience. Absolutely. And you say that your your art is not at all dark and mine is like focused on the, you know, the dark goddesses, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But the Venn diagram of our interests intersect with we are both very serious about astrology and about the way we present our yes quote-unquote extremely invasive hobby <laughs> it is well it's yeah it's more than that yeah but it's it's a so it's we take it seriously it's first house yeah we're presenting it if anybody says to me oh what you do in the weekends oh i'm podcasting and then i'm then once you open that rabbit hole i'm going down it yeah i won't shove it down people's throats if they yeah. don't open the conversation yeah but once they open that conversation about astrology, I'm yeah. mentioning podcasts yeah. and we're going through and expressing and how I'm we... And handing them our business cards. We're handing out our business I've cards. giving out like candy. Yes, <laughs> to help grow our podcast. Yeah. And um, because we're taking it seriously, we're doing our... Yeah. And we're trying to make it look pretty and beautiful. And yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So I see that as an expression of this uh, Venus conjunct. I do too. Saturn. And I think, I think when you take something seriously, anything, it does make people curious it makes people want to give it a chance and even if they were you know inclined to be skeptical they're like well what is this we respect you we like you yes you've put yourself forward in a pleasing way what is this why why are you yes. talking about this yes and then and that opens the door that's right and there are multiple astrology podcasts but you know 80 percent of them are horoscopes where they're saying hey today this and that yeah. leo today this and that virgo today this and that that's entirely different to what we're doing we're actually looking at a at a deeper how um, individually you can take astrology and it can benefit your life and in yeah, ways yeah. and this is what we're trying to go yeah, and, and evergreen content not absolutely just about what's happening right now we do have some transit episodes but those are also evergreen because we talk about what the uh, we talk about different aspects and yes. maybe the sun and neptune are going to be conjunct in you know something but what does it look like in your chart what celebrities and historical figures also have that and exactly you know, those aspects occur once a year, usually. So. Exactly. This is the point that yeah. um, there are many ways to do astrology, and but we're, we are taking a particular, we're taking a niche, which is astrology. We're refining it down to what we are packaging for our listeners. And I think that is shown through this Venus conjunct Saturn yeah. that we are, we have stayed honestly on our message. Yeah. I, I had, I knew what I was doing. You know what you're doing. We know where we're going. Yeah. And we're going down a particular road astrologically. We're not all over the place yeah. talking about, oh, the moon went into Leo. We're, we're not even talking about that. But we were considering how actually astrology can benefit you, even with a little knowledge. Yeah. It can improve your life. Not everyone who listens to us is going to be an astrologer. Not at all. But they will be what I call astrology adjacent. Yeah. Astrology curious. Astrology curious. <laughs> friends of astrology, whatever it is. Allies. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I like to, and we like to present our topics in a way that gives you something to think about during the week after you've listened to the episode. Yeah. So yeah. I'm very, uh, I was thrilled to see this Venus conjunct uh, Saturn uh, because it's, it's bringing it in that way, I believe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A couple of other features in this chart that are really interesting are the Mars in the 10th house. Yes. In Cancer, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. And just having Mars in the 10th house is such a, such a dynamic yes. and energizing. and energizing position, regardless of what sign it's in. And the fact that it's in Cancer is like, we're nurturing, we're, you know, we're bringing you something that's going to be uh, nourishing and, and, you know, feeding you knowledge. Yes. And, uh, and we're, we're making our, putting our face to the world in that, uh, 
in that way. In that way. And the midheaven there is the midheaven for our listeners is a twelve Gemini. Yes. So once more, Mercury is ruling that midheaven. Absolutely. Yeah. How the world knows us. Yeah. Through the podcast, technically, that's going to be how it's going to be because that will be how people will find us to start with. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great position. And Mars there in the ten thousand is is energizing. We mm-hmm. are we. I'm amazed we haven't missed a beat here. We've got these episodes going out. Yeah. I. We began every second week, and then it went to every week, and now we're twice a week. We, yeah. We're not short of things to talk about, no. that's for sure. No, we were. I, I sat down and wrote a list of future topics, and I just it just endless. it just went on and on and on. And, uh, yeah, and there's so many ways that we can express and um, put our energy, which is Mars, into putting this out there into the public domain yeah. to uh, keep polishing things. Looking back to our earlier episodes, we, we are a lot smoother now. There's, the links are working better and all of these things. There are multiple things that go on behind the scenes behind just recording this podcast. Yeah, and we're pulling new people in. Yes, all the time. Yeah. Um, and people are reaching out, which is great. Yeah. So um, not everyone's suitable, but many people are reaching out, which is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that Mars is particularly uh, nice up there as well. Yeah. Definitely. So we've got the moon down here now in the second house mm-hmm. um, in Libra. Yeah. So it's a, it's a bit of a quiet moon there. Mm. Um, perhaps we have to be in touch with our values, which, to, and this goes back to what I was just saying, that we're trying to provide valuable information about astrology with, yeah. but without being boring. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and without kind of overstaying our welcome. Like it's not a daily yes. thing. We're not, and we're not making you listen to something 10 minutes long every day. Like, yeah. Some podcasts do, which I can't be bothered. If honestly, if a podcast is like ten minutes long, I'm not going to bother. Yeah, but why? You know, yeah. that's yeah. yeah. We're exploring different, and um, we want to make you feel welcome. Yeah, we we care about your time. Uh, we value your time, and um, and there's, we, that's why we get straight into it we, when we open the podcast. We're yeah. straight in. There's not a lot of waffle about what the dog did last week. Yeah, and we're trying to get straight to it and stay on topic uh, without the waffle. Um, there's, there's many ways that this can go, but I, I think that's a, it's a quiet little moon sitting there. It's not um, a high, high profile moon. I think it's I think it's a great little moon. There. Yeah, I mean that makes sense for the two of us because we've always talked about how we're not uh, we're lunar people as much as uh, yeah. No, it makes sense that our moon is kind of like oh, yeah, all right, there it is. little sure. moon. Yeah, it doesn't do much, and uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> so we have Eris. In the eighth house. Yes. That's an interesting one. I mean, everyone who was born in the last, like, 100 years almost has Aries in Aries. Yes. It's gotten a very elliptical orbit, and it's it's way out, way past the orbit of, of Pluto. Yeah. So, Aries in Aries. It's a badass goddess. It's a badass goddess. And we're happy to have it in our charts. We of all the planets, yeah. this is the one, right? Yeah, and, and stuck there in the eighth house, awesome. Yeah, it's just like, yes, here I am. We're going to talk about astrology. We're going to talk about badass goddesses. We're going to go deep. Yeah. We're going to be talking about women. Yes. Women of a certain age. Certain and... Tra- <laughs> yes. And certain, I don't want to say traumas, but, you know, life is not just a bed of a bowl of cherries, yeah. is it? It's um, women's issues and the fight. We're definitely those type of women. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And when people ask us, like, questions about the darker side and whatever, we're not afraid to say, yeah, yeah, here, the, here are some answers. Here's what we think That's about right. that. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So we did do a full episode on Eris, and I'll put the link to yeah. that below the podcast as well. Yeah. And um, Arwen's done some fabulous art as her badass goddess, Eris. Yeah. And um, we can definitely put the link to that too yeah. to um, showcase the type of things that we 
work on. Now, this is eighth house, so it's quite private. Yeah. Or in a way, it's in the, it's not the thing right in your face, mm-hmm. but it's there. Yeah. It's adding a certain tone, I think, to some of our episodes. Yeah. And um, we're happy to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, we'll go, we'll go there if we have to. Yeah. For women's issues. Women, well, not for men, but for women's issues, yes. <laughs> yeah, so that's one way of looking at that. Aris there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so Arwen, so uh, composite charts in general are great things if you've got um, – a husband or a partner or a wife or whoever, a special somebody, certainly do the composite chart. Yeah. If you're in business, which we are, and I don't know what took us so long, yeah. we decided to have a look at our composite chart. I really quite like the way this is expressed. It does express our relationship because we're not in each other's pockets. Yeah. And we do, you live a different life to what I do. Yeah. And um, you've had different experiences and so on. But we've come together. Yeah. And this is shown in this in this composite chart. Yeah. So, oh, here's a question. Yeah. Someone might be thinking, if I don't know the birth time of my business partner, which yeah. sometimes you won't, and you barely can ask someone's birthday this, you know, these days without sounding kind of weird. Yeah. Um, how does that affect the composite chart? Is that okay? I would, I would, yeah. For then, I would take a noon time for the for that birthday. Oh, interesting. But technically, because you're years apart, it's not going to make much difference. Right. We're talking minutes on the movements of the planets, exactly. right? So if the sun was at you know twelve degrees Libra, it's going to be at that degree in the day anyway, no matter what time they were born. Yeah. yeah. It might not be exact, exact clearly, and the ascendant will be different. Yeah. But the planets themselves will be correct when yeah. you do noon charts. Yeah. Exactly. So this is, you know, it's a, it's a great way of looking at charts. It's a great way of seeing. And you can put transits to them and mm. progressions to them. So if we wanted to say, oh, well, you know, Pluto's going through Capricorn now. It's just entered Aquarius. For us, it's going through our fifth house yeah. in this particular case, if we wanted to look at that. Yeah. But really, that's irrelevant. We want to look at what's what's happening with the Leo Virgo, because that's where our energies are being expressed. Yeah. And it's, it's reflected in this uh, composite chart. Yeah. I think they're great things. I mean, um, with my husband and I, of course, I did the composite chart, and we looked yeah. like, as of together, we were just dynamic. But, you know, you don't know until you've done the chart, and yeah. that's why you need to do them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so that is great. So, yeah. Okay, Arwen, so for our listeners, we've spoken about midpoint composite charts. We've explained how to get them sorted out, and we've discussed the one that we have between ourselves as business partners, technically, yeah. and um, some way of interpreting them. I think it's a great thing. And everyone's got someone in their life. You can see, um, yeah. even as a parent, you get on with one kid better than you do the other, no matter what you say. Yeah. <laughs> you absolutely do. Or you get on better with this sister rather than that sister. And it's through these composite charts. So yeah. I urge everyone to have a go at calculating composite charts. Absolutely. And even the people you don't get along with, it's interesting to see what, yes. what's going on there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So let me thank you so much again for coming here today to discuss Composite Charts. It's been wonderful to have you. It's been wonderful to be here. Thanks, Alison. Thanks for ever uh, listening, everyone. <laughs> Thanks so much for getting this far through the episode. I just want to take a moment to tell you about the two main options of my astrology services. So the first one is coaching. If you are an aspiring astrologer, and by that I mean someone who's perhaps a hobbyist astrologer or someone who's learning astrology or a student, or you've got a few books and you've been doing it for a while, but perhaps you need a little bit of help to bring it all together, then maybe getting some astrological coaching from me would be the answer for you. The astrology coaching I offer is a one-hour session on Zoom, and it's tailored to answer your particular questions. For example, if you have issues with natal chart readings, we can go there. Or if you're having problems working with your forecasting, we can go there. 
or even basic astrology stuff, or even getting yourself organized for your astrology business. The idea is that astrological coaching will answer your particular questions. It's tailored specifically to you and where you are in your astrological journey. And I'm happy to help you out with some guidance about how you can get going, what to focus on and what to dismiss. So that would be the astrological coaching for people trying to learn astrology. The second astrological service I offer is consultations. So this is for someone who perhaps doesn't know anything about astrology, but they just want to have their chart read or get their chart done. Call it what you will. So once more, this is a one hour consultation over Zoom. I will interpret your chart, tell you about the main features, tell you about where the energy is flowing and all the rest of what is entailed in a thorough natal chart interpretation. I can also add in some forecasting in there too, bearing in mind we only have one hour. So just in summary, I've got coaching for people who want to learn astrology and I've got uh, consultations for those who want to get an astrology reading done. I'm Alison Price from Starsology.com. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.